The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, all that you see here, the days will come when there will be not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? And he answered, see that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must first happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines and plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead you to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or to refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise the Gospel blood on our sins and bring us to eternal life. In today's gospel, Jesus reminds his disciples of the difficulties they're going to encounter along the bumpy roads of life. He speaks of wars and tumults, of nations rising against nation, of great earthquakes, of famines, pestilence, terrors, betrayals, persecutions. In Jesus' own words, however, not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. The beautiful good news of the gospel is that while God loves us in an infinite number of ways, he never loves us more clearly or nor more beautifully than when we're hurting. We can't explain it, but it's part of the gospel. It's part of the good news. The famous French philosopher Albert Camus wrote a novel called The Fall. And there's a devastating scene in that novel in which a respected lawyer is walking along the streets of Amsterdam 
and he hears a cry in the night. He realizes that a woman has fallen or has been pushed into one of Amsterdam's canal right nearby. And she's crying for help. And then the thoughts come rushing through his mind. Of course I must help, but a respected lawyer getting involved in this way, what would the implications be? And what about personal danger? And after all, who knows what's been going on over there? And so by the time that he has thought through it, it's too late. And he moves on giving all kinds of excuses to justify his failure to act. But Camus in one devastating line says, he did not answer the cry for help because that was the kind of man he was. As Christians and as Catholics, if we're not listening to Jesus, if we cannot answer another's cry for help because we're worried about the implications of getting involved, we are not listening to Jesus if our first impulse to say is, how will this affect me? rather than how can I help that person? And if we're not listening, if, won't that speak volumes of the kind of people we are? Our Catholic faith offers us no illusions that we are a people chosen for exemption from pain and suffering. It holds no promise of a trouble-free life or, a caref or carefree comfort. It grants us no immunity from evil and its consequences and makes no exception to the rule of God's judgment. Instead, our Catholic faith provides us with a spiritual equilibrium and the moral stamina to face up to the burdens and the fears and the evil days that overtake us, often in the most unexpected ways. With the eyes of faith, we see things as they are and we answer the call in light of things as they should be. To be alive is to risk death, Injury, sickness, disease, anxiety, embarrassment, shame, rejection, loneliness, and betrayal. These are risks, and they subject us to the most significant risk of all, the risk of our spiritual destruction, which is a loss of faith. Given this is the condition of life from which there is no escape, given the fundamental insecurity of life, given the image of ourselves as minute specks in a vast universe, subject to the flicks of fate over which we have no control, by what power and by what authority do we resist the forces of spiritual destruction? By what power and influence 
do we assert our human dignity? By what authority and power do we dare sustain our hope for fulfillment? By what power and authority do we dare assert our significance? Well, we as Christians and as Catholics dare to affirm all these good things by the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus. To bear the burden, to accept the risks, to reject the passing comforts of false security, to live as we are meant by God to live. We follow Jesus who carried his cross purposefully. We follow Jesus who teaches us that our lives are worthwhile, that we are significant to a remarkable degree. We follow Jesus who teaches us that who we are and what we are to become are crucial elements of the Father's purposeful design for creation. So in today's gospel, Jesus speaks of the terrible calamities that are to come. Nations will fight against nation, he says, and kingdom against kingdom. He says there will be earthquakes and plagues and famines. There are fearful signs yet to come. He says that his followers will suffer persecution and imprisonment and betrayal and hatred and even death. And then he comforts his disciples with words of assurance, something they had learned to anticipate because he had spoken such words to them before. He said that despite all these disturbing events, despite these torments of suffering, not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance, you will win your lives. The great biblical book of Job is part of Scripture's wisdom literature. Job has great possessions, a beautiful family, and then disaster after disaster strikes. Bands of thieves steal his donkey herd and kills all the herdsmen. Lightning kills his sheep flock, and then robbers steal his camels. A high wind comes across the desert and smashes against the house of his eldest son, kills his ten children, and then severe boils appear all over Job's body, covering him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Job is often characterized as a patient man, but Job is anything but patient. He refuses to conform to the traditional notion that human misfortunes are always punishments and penalties of a retributive God. And consequently, instead of submitting to the pain and suffering on that level, he cries out, I want to argue my cause with you, my God. And in the end, Job finds peace of soul not because he has uncovered the mystery or solved the mystery of pain and evil and suffering, but because his searching, seeking, and questioning bring him closer to God than he had ever been before. 
his desire to argue his case with God brings him into intimate, intimate dialogue with God. Why, O oh Lord? Why me? And because Job wants an answer, he listens. And the more he listens, the more intensely he experiences the most remarkable, majestic presence of God the Almighty. In this process of human growth, he discovers a larger dimension of life. He repents in, in the genuine biblical sense. He changes his attitude and his approach toward life. He alters his thought process. He stops resisting and begins to let it be. His why of rebellion becomes the why of wisdom. And in the end, he still does not know exactly why he must lose so much and suffer so severely, but somehow he knows that it will work out for good. Job learns that apart from trust in God, life is absurd. And because of his tremendous endurance in listening for an answer to his why from God, he can say, finally, I knew you only by hearsay, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. You maybe have heard about the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. It's believed to be a remnant of the great Hebrew temple that was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. It's where Jewish people go to recall their traditions and to pray. Well, anyhow, there was a CBS News team taping at Jerusalem's Wailing Wall, and every day they saw the same elderly man praying morning, noon, and night. And on their last day, one of the reporters asked that elderly man, what is it you pray for so fervently? And the old man thinks for a moment and he says, I pray for health, for happiness, for peace in my land. Oh, I see, said the reporter, but you don't look very healthy. Are you happy? And the man says, well, not really. And your homeland is in turmoil, the reporter says. Do you believe your prayers are heard? And the man nods and says, yes, but sometimes it's like talking to a wall. Plagues, earthquakes, famines, hatreds, persecutions, killings. We, li we live amid it all on this planet Earth. And like Job, we want to know why. And there are times when it seems like we're talking to a wall. But like Job, we need to become good listeners. Like Job, our why of rebellion needs to become the why of wisdom. And like Job, we need to understand that even though we don't have the answer to why, the why of suffering, nevertheless, a caring God is in charge, and somehow it works for good. Like Job, we need to listen and learn that apart from trust in a loving God, life is absurd. By your endurance, you will win your lives, says the Lord. 
So with patient endurance, hold on to that faith in God. And his loving kindness will become a force in your life and all your relationships. There are people all around us that need our gifts, our goodness. So with patient endurance, hold on to that simple, old-fashioned faith in God and his loving kindness, and you'll be empowered to give of the goodness of your heart. This week, despite all the bad news we are likely to hear, remember always, God is God. He is acting in history and in our history. He will not abandon us. And when the going gets rough, we have to hang in there. And that the love we bring into this situation be a clear and convincing sign of the God of love. As Christians, as Catholics, when we do that, we become the shining example of the people who God intends us to be. And I pray and we all pray that that really ultimately turns us into the people who we are. Let's please stand to profess our faith.